welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre, and Julian. Uh, and today we're talking about IDP and uh, what do you call it? Developer platforms. And uh, let's start, Julian, with give us some background because I think you've been working with one, right? Yeah, so the, the most known one for internal developer portal is uh, Backstage. Yeah. It was invented at Spotify. They started at least the, the Git repo on on GitHub. Yeah, it to start in March 2020, so right around around the same time as COVID. Yeah. Um, and they they have their own internal version. So so you have a UI that allows you to create services. Uh, you have ready made kind of like templates for creating new projects. Um, you, you can see a lot of things uh, related. It helps you a lot. Like basically engineers or platform engineers ha- ha- have full access to the cloud, but they can restrict that access to specific use cases for developers. Yeah, so, exactly. But so, so let's go back. In Spotify, they have this tool called Backstage that's its uh, internal developer platform. But uh, what what does it do? Is it for uh, deploying services or restricting access or everything? So everything, everything. You 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 write documentation in your repo. You you follow some uh, convention, and it automatically appears on the backstage repository profile, if you like. So okay. you you have one UI to do everything, and that's oh, what cool. an internal developer portal is. You want to see your metrics. You want to see, you know, the, like who who made that repository, which team is responsible in case you need to modify something or you know reach out. So it, it's it's mainly used for big companies that needs to, you know, a way to communicate instead of people screaming on Slack. It's like please, who is responsible for this? I'd say. I have a need for that in many projects because as they grow, you would have multiple compute platforms. So you might, like if you have one of the Kubernetes, you just yeah. services in all your namespaces, you've got a picture, general picture yeah. of what's going on. But if you have more than one compute platform, so you have Kubernetes containers, you have some stuff running in EC2, you have some lambdas, you have some app runner, what have you. So you have stuff spread around, multiple AWS accounts. And mm. like you have no idea what is there and what state it is. So what is useful, like what what people find useful generally, is a list of stuff we got. Like the, yeah. the list of stuff we built, then the list of stuff we maintain, the list of stuff we kind of built and forgot. And yeah. never switched off, so it's just like being a zombie there. So, like at least having a list of everything yeah. you got and you manage, that's a big plus. Because okay. then so you it, can start make some decisions about that. So it's both uh, like a interface where you can see who did what and where, mm-hmm. but it also interface so you can uh, request or deploy new uh, services. Yeah, so so there is a catch here. It's like yeah. it allows you to do all those things, but you have to kind of configure it yourself or build the mm. plugins that will okay. suit your need. 
Okay. There is a whole ecosystem. It's yeah. the, mm. Backstage is just the core yeah. uh, to run those plugins. Backstage is open source, just in case. You, yeah. So you can have your own. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. It, but you can have. It's it's very much for uh, providing. So you have like a repository, like a service template. If you want, yeah. like most of them, they need a, a, a Java backend. Okay, you have a template for that. You you need a website, or you you need the marketing campaign, whatever. It, it's like you you can do a lot with that. You you just have to find the right plugins to do to do that for you. And yeah, if you have data, you know, of course. Spotify has their own internal version of Backstage. And so they, they have their own internal plugins uh, for data management because they, they do it their own way. Uh, and and it's it's very interesting. Like you can see where the data is coming from. You know, that field is traceable back to its origin. And that provides a lot of inform valuable information, I would say. But it, it's it's not, not like something... I'm pretty sure other tools do a part of that here yeah. it provides really the abstraction for the developer like now you have a question that's where you go okay and yeah you can search you have a one place to to do everything and that's really the 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 part where you mm. you don't have to question things anymore but i mean who is it for then is it for larger companies that have a lot of developers it feels uh, like it's yeah it more than... useful for any company any company in depends on uh, how you do it because yeah you could deploy it backstage but then you have to manage it and invest your time which you might don't want to do your yeah. you know your poor man solution might be like for instance when you do aws right yeah you could have a tagging strategy where yeah. you would tag every repository and stuff deployed from that repositories person to ask Repository yeah. name from where the stuff came from, maybe yeah. directory within the repository where the specs are, and then through that you go to AWS Cost Explorer, <laughs> have your tags there. <laughs> you see what costs, how much, what you got based on those tags, or you go to the Resource Explorer in a in a AWS. So that will be your poor man solution. Yeah. Then you don't need to manage any infrastructure. You just need to make sure that your tags are consistent. Yeah. And you could mandate that actually on, on yeah. the SCP level, which is service control policies on Amazon. You can always require those tags. You cannot create a resource without specifying those particular tags. So you're done. Yeah. So that that becomes an interesting point because you <clears throat> you can ask uh, you you can have the question like what who is responsible for what? Yeah. If the developer are allowed to create database. Um, yes. You know that does that mean how, how responsible are they for maintaining it and managing it? Mm. Yeah, but that's uh, that's interesting as well. I think with with those tools, can't you like make uh, like a standard how you set up a database? Right? Okay, this is database. The platform teams maybe maybe made like I don't know Helm or some Terraform for how you set up the uh, the database, and then using this. Uh, Developer portal just initiates the, the the creation of it, right? Actually, actually, I would say there are you see there are multiple components in here. Yeah. So one component that we just discussed is a registry yeah. of stuff you got. Yeah. And then we have a self service for developers. 
or wanna get some info done. And again, there could be other ways of doing it. So as you mentioned, the platform team or whatever team you have, you they can write the Terraform models with a predefined default that you cannot override. And that yeah. will be the way you do databases in your organization. Yeah. And another thing which is important here, which I, I think a lot of organizations not struggle, but they have to answer those questions is the infrastructure level composition, right? So where you draw the line, you could have yeah. like very permissive saying, this is repository with my application and will contain all the info. It will contain load balancers, security yeah. groups, IAM, blah, 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 databases, and then developers by doing commits going through the CI CD pipeline, they can change all of that info. Yeah. Your other spectra here, like the opposite spectra here, would be you cannot do anything, right? So all yeah. infrastructure needs to be provided for you. So you have to request like database, blah, blah, blah. So the only thing you could do through the CI CD pipeline as a developer, you build a new Docker container, you get the Docker image ID, and the only thing the pipeline does is changing the Docker image version yeah, yeah. from one to another. <laughs> the rest have to be done by someone else, so you cannot do yeah. anything as a developer pretty much. You can yeah. only deploy the new code. So those are two extremes, and then every company have to find where they draw the line in between those two. And yeah. this internal developer portal could be a way of doing that. So you still allow developers to provision the resources they would need instead of relying on ticketing system, you let them do that through the interface yeah. or like, you know, doing Terraform themselves through the Terraform models, which might be error prone and people might not have the Terraform skills or whatever provisioning tool you use. Yeah. But I think I wasn't always solved with the DevOps guy who has like the cloud access and just made yeah, everything so... for a developer. <laughs> So all this buzz about the platform engineering is basically yeah. DevOps guy stops speaking to developers and go builds yeah. tools to interface. So. <laughs> yeah, this, we, this we, is like the end. You, you remove the DevOps guy and just make this portal instead, right? But, but back, back to the DevOps. Back to Before the right? We had Jira and like, yeah. and like you know, all those process. <laughs> change management systems. Yeah. But yeah. now while well, you have a better change management system where you kind of kind do something yourself. Yeah. But it's still change management system in the natural. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really like that. Uh, I mean you know, it's before you had DevOps, because you had Dev and Ops they need to talk to each other to actually yeah. you know ship faster. But now you have Dev, platform engineer, and then <laughs> networking people. So now it's not the developer who made the ticket. It's the no, platform it's... engineer. It's like, please open that port on the firewall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. and, and so it, this is kind of like the joke, you know, it's like they rebranded everything, but they, they, they didn't change the process. And I no, think it's kind of the point. same thing. Yeah. So yeah. It's added just one a, just a new name, fancy yeah. name. Everyone just died being DevOps. Now we are platform engineers. A little yeah. bit. I think. I think that you know, for for it, it really. I would say backstage is great because it shows the company's culture. Yeah. You know, it it, it will it will tell you exactly how things are if mm. you set 
fucked up in the way that the culture dictates. Yeah. yeah. And so now you kind of have this <laughs> culture as code, whereas you, you see how the the organization is is driving this thing, like where they where they intend to go. Yeah, that's interesting. So I mean I'm kind of sometimes we struggle with like what what is needed uh, to make uh, an app or product ready, yeah. right? What what is needed, right? And if you come as a developer, you don't maybe know what what us like platform want from it. We want maybe yeah, so, so metrics or anything. You, you need to define that when it's done, right? Exactly. Here is another tricky moment, and I think we discussed that in a previous podcast, like especially when we spoke about Terraform models. Um, what you have here, like you're a new developer coming to organizations, they have a backstage, you're a Golang developer. Yeah. You're going to do Golang application. You open backstage, and there, I never used it, so now I'm just speculating. I, I would imagine you would have some kind of template for repository, how it would look like, or you might have it on GitHub. Uh, you get this template, you initiate the repository, and there you already have pre-configured pipelines, blah, blah, blah. So, like, if your organization does Golang, they already have this golden pass for you. You just go and do that, and you yeah. focus on the business logic, and you don't focus on minutia and the boilerplate. Yeah. But if you are I don't know if you want to do something which is one step to the right or one step to the left from the golden path. Yeah. Then you might have to have a quite a bit of experience and understand what you are doing. So you're basically losing all of that support and yeah. you are on your own. Yeah. So which means that when you have that, you can go fast. But innovating, like, you know, just trying new things, yeah. deploying them, seeing how it works before it becomes the new standard template in your backstage. So yeah. how do you facilitate that process? I would say this is the question, right? Yeah. How yeah. you do not restrict people from experimenting, trying new stuff, and then actually evolving what you get in your catalog offering because otherwise yeah. you might be stagnant in the way you do things yeah there will be it's like hard to one change database the way like yeah be one database like postgres and then nothing else right yeah exactly. so, so, so talk here yeah. like back in the enterprises would be like we bought yeah. all those oracle databases you yeah. want to do something <laughs> else well sorry we would need to buy the lights and sales provision yeah. servers you see how much work is here yeah. to actually try something new. So yeah. the same here, like you want to do something else, you want to do Rust. Well, now we need to standardize it, right? Yeah. So we need yeah. to prepare all of that stuff so you can do it. So, Yeah, the, that, that's a very interesting point about standardization is that <clears throat> where do you put the bar? Because, yeah. and, and that's the thing, you have to let people experiment. And it's not specific to backstage or anything. It's just like you. Let's say you 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 arrive in a new company and you've been there for a while and you want to try this new thing, right? Yeah. There is no what we call golden path. So it's like a, a templated tutorial on how how to do things properly because mm -hmm. you need metrics, you need logging, you need uh, you know <clears throat> uh, SLAs or yeah. SLOs and SLI. And, yeah. you know, like there is so much things going on around 
just the business logic code. Okay. And unless, like, you really, need, the bar is pretty high. I think it was uh, someone at Google published on Twitter um, the, the list of requirements to, it is to bring a new language into the mix. Yeah. And yeah. The, the bar is so high, you, you are, it's like month of works. Yeah. Of work to, yeah, that's what I'm saying, exactly. It's not easy, and it's fine to test things. But I would say, as soon as you go out of the, you know, the beaten path, you you have you do have to do everything on your own. So mm. you you lose all that nice and shiny things, and you don't get much support there either. So yeah. it's very much like <clears throat> it it forces people to do only things one way, yeah. and 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 that's the only way. Whether it's efficient or not, it doesn't matter. You understand? Yeah, exactly. If, because you're on your own because, you know, platform engineers, do you know why they call platform <laughs> engineers? Because they're supporting platforms. They're not supporting you outside of the platform. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, yeah, and there's no point running backstage or any developer portal like some parts here and then somebody's doing their own thing at the side, right? You need everything at one pane, right? Yeah, so, so you need to find a way how you bring people, you, how, how you let them roll. I, I hate yeah. to call it like that. How you let them roll and how you bring them back when they yeah. did their roaming. Yeah. yeah. And so something. It, it's a little bit like the analogy of you can go to a hotel and, you know, it's standardized room. Yeah. But right. if you want to change anything, you kind of left on the street. Uh, it, it's, it's more like, yeah, you have to build your own house, your own thing. <laughs> it's really the same. So let, let me give you a story. Once I had to deploy a third-party application. I don't have mm. the source. It's something related to finance. You know, they just give yeah. you a jar and, and roll with it. No documentation or, you know, the kind of documentation you, you're, you doesn't really help. Um, and then you have to do the CI. And you realize that the, the template for the CI, you have to learn the language of that thing, that the abstraction that they build. So you yeah. have a 200% knowledge problem. You yeah. need to know everything about the abstraction and you need to know everything about the how the underlying layer uh, yeah. of the CI works to make it work. And this is like a, a complete drop in productivity. It takes like 10 times more than if you just say, hey, you know what, let's not do that. Let's just build, <laughs> let's just have a VM that we can SSH into and, and, and audit log everything. Yeah. Um, Th that is faster, but th what do you lose? You lose consistency. You know, yeah, you, you, don't, you bypass a lot of the of the security checks on, on everything, and this is where like th there is no clear answer to what you should do then. And this is where like this is part of the culture. You need to know, okay, who is responsible for this? Who yeah. is going to support that? What what happened when things go wrong? Because it's not if, it's when. Um, and, and then you probably have a migration somewhere that is going on. So you have to plan for that. And suddenly just making things work is you, you don't innovate anything. You understand you, you just fighting the system to, to make your thing like deployed. And that, that's the downside of it. So standardization is great, but as you said, uh, under it's like innovation can take a, a big blow yeah. on, on that part. Now, it's not to say that you cannot plan for innovation, but will it reach production? That's another thing. But is, isn't this like a standardization also something that companies, that when they go 
grow bigger and bigger and bigger, they realize we need to standardize things here because we cannot maintain so many different areas. So when a company reaches a certain size and certain people, they say, okay, let's standardize here. And then when you set the standards, it's maybe not just for shopping the like the, the innovation by developers, it's more like helping them. Don't worry about it. We have a tool, they use this one, more like standardizing by tooling. And then in the standardizing process, this uh, portal also come in, in as a play here. It's like, okay, we standardize some things here. If you want to use them, here's a way to use them. And then you have all the tracking. You know, you have you're yeah. using the tools that the platforms bring you to set up things. You have the bare minimal or resources that you need and, and so on. Yeah, I'm v- for that, I'm very surprised that the cloud providers are not more onto that like yeah because all you need is a web page with a few links in it that, yeah and some dashboards uh and, and button to to deploy things so if, if people could create their own in the cloud because that's basically what it is yeah. it's platform engineer restricting what they can do in the cloud yeah um and give them access to that i, I think it would be um much more business for them here they have to build everything themselves and integrate with whatever you know you have so honestly the, the, yeah, that's what is the job platform engineers because they yeah. do that full time yeah. uh, it, it's not really a productivity so that's why i say it's it's mainly for companies that have a certain you know amount of resource available that they can dedicate a few full time employee to just figuring out the use case and and configure that yeah i think, so, so, I think that's right other examples of like the world is not really revolves around backstage. No. I think other similar things would be a waypoint from HashiCorp, like very, very limited to the HashiCorp world, but they do have like frequency CS and Lambda integrations. Because like I'm checking the plugins for ECS, it's not there. There is a plugin for AWS Proton, but who uses AWS Proton? I am saying so. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, other, other like Argo CD, you know, yeah. like you, yeah. you, you have a UI to see what you deploy in Kubernetes. Yeah. Is that good enough? You know, maybe yeah, it you is. don't really have for like a self-service capability there with Argo CD. So it's more like the Ralph Jenkins, right? You see your pipelines, but the actual stuff that you see comes from somewhere else. So it's more like the visualization with some ability to manage it. But it's mostly to delete or edit what you got. Yeah, yeah. it's not that like you have uh, blogs. I think AWS has like a AWS service catalog where you could just have like a. Yeah, but it'd be nice if you can have like AWS login when you can restrict uh, what resources you can create. Right, you can create uh, RDS with these limits, right? Or you can create the uh, yeah, you, you could do that. I mean, that's yeah, service can. control policies. Yeah, you could just. Restrict what parameters would be used. You see, yeah. here, they have like an internal backstage then, or like a developer portal it's, for AWS as well. Less, it's just less obvious. So that's you have like a good UI. Yeah. And I think it's is the point as well. Like how how dependable do you want to be on cloud providers? Um, mm. That's also something. If you have things on prem, well, yeah. you're already out of luck. Um, and but, but that's the thing. And these days, like, which company is not multi-cloud? 
You know, yeah. and even if they don't know it, they think they're on one cloud. I can tell you there is a manager somewhere who put his credit card onto another cloud. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really like that. Yeah, it's always fun when you say, well, you know, Prem, you're, you're self to blame, right? Or you're on your own, right? It's it's really it's really fun. Uh, so I, I see this like uh, you know we talked about uh, the the line between platform or like the old sysop or whatever and the developer and as I said before the, like the devils come in between. But now they are, I think this uh, developer portal is the new like line between them. I mean, the platform is now just handing over that platform with the standardization of like, okay, developer, please use this one and, and then uh, go with it more or less. Sorry, I didn't really get the questions. Do you mean like, where is the line between the platform and the developer experience? Maybe Matthias making summary. Summary, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it feels like uh, you all see that, you know, when you're chunking over things or uh, the, the platform team build up this like what they think uh, you're going to run as, as database of things. And then instead of uh, going to the developers and seeing what they're doing, they're more or less like building this web page instead. Like, oh, you want to run something in, in my system? Use this web page and then r- send me a ticket if something's broken on the web page. Otherwise, just go with your own. I think that goes against this uh, the, the culture that we're trying to, to bring when developers are getting closer into to production mm. know more about what they're running so it's, it's hard to see sure and Does... you know it's, it's it's the same with the terraform like how much terraform should the developer know yeah you know otherwise they would write their own things and and just maintaining this way and what why not have their own uh repository with the terraform code when they need to change something they go there and then they finally they realize like you know the thing doesn't change much so actually we could just have you know they just need to to be able to create it and yeah. it's it's not that important if it fails because you know they, you don't need disaster recovery or those kind of things so so it it, really, it depends like always yeah another idea for you um, it could be also a way to level a playing field with developers, because as Julian said, you might need to face this 200% knowledge problem, right? So if you do all yourself, you need to understand networking, IAM, CI, CD, the way you deploy, all those things. It's a lot to ask from the person who just came in and have no idea, and we don't want that person to spend three three months uh, learning about, about What you got, but you want them to be productive. And uh, if you have a senior person who spent like 10, 15 years around in the industry, for them, yeah, they could be up and running very quickly because yeah. they already saw all of most of this and they just need to understand your specifics. But if you just came out of the university, you have no idea. No. <laughs> and then, like, having this type of portals that just would give you the building blocks that you just put together and uh, focus on the code that you need to write because that's all the expertise you got. I mean, that that's allows people to and companies to work with the people they have mm-hmm. and move quicker with the people they have because yeah. like, not everyone will be able to do everything. 
Exactly. And I yeah. think for like 90% of the company, that's exactly what they need. They just need a yeah. template for things to run. Um, you know, things don't change that much. They ship new features often enough that it, it's... So, so that's what I mean. Like <clears throat> before you need really advanced control of everything, it's uh, it, it would take a while. It, it's the same as, uh, oh, is my uh, application web scale? You know, does it scale or something? It's like, you have 1,000 customers. Just take, take it easy. I'm sure you yeah. can run that on the Raspberry Pi and, and still be fine. Um, Give you another synonym to this. That's how, how you can think about it. Imagine you build a SaaS business. Okay. Yeah, and uh, there are customers queries and you need to change something for the customer. And you... As a founder of the thing, you know everything. Just go database and tap it, tap it, tap it up. You change whatever <laughs> they ask. But here's your customer experience person who have no idea what that database is and how to yeah. do that, how to change those elements. So they need to have customer experience portal so they can actually change those elements without getting in the depths of how it's implemented. Yeah. So that's very similar, I believe. Yeah. And then what will happen is those hidden platform engineers eventually will be replaced by the guy and you will just talk to the portal saying, I want to yeah. deploy this piece of code to do it. And stuff happens. So, Yeah, we're not far. We're not far. Platform I, I engineering, say... this is where DevOps people go to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to disappear to no, no, no never be seen thing. again. <laughs> they hide between the portals that became their gravestone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, like right now, with just in Excel with AI, people can do so much. Yeah, so yeah. They, ah, we're, we're, we're bridging the gap. Like, how much work do they need to do? Do they need a custom application for that? Because just imagine you, you need a full stack app. You need to know front end. You need to know back end. You need to model the data. It, it, it takes a while uh, to do that, and so some of them prefer to pay like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a month, you know, to to have something that just works. And yeah, it's not maybe, maybe they could get it cheaper, but the time they save by you know they don't have to figure out. So so now I, I like this you know wave of AI because it makes everything question like hey do we yeah. really need that you know like you 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 go directly to the business and you you see what are the needs and you know the, the lower you, some don't don't get me wrong most companies still need infra they still need yeah, absolutely. uh the, but for starting a business i mean you yeah. know there's a story about that so someone come to me and he's like a you know startup CEO or something, something. He said, hey, aren't you scared that AI is going to replace your job? I say, oh, let me show you. And so I go to, you know, Bard AI. So it's a Google uh, chat GPT version. Um, And I ask, okay, draft me a mission statement for a startup uh, (laughs) that does this and this and this. And and, and actually, it looks looks much better than what we have. I say, (laughs) You, you, you are, you are worried. I'm more worried about your job. What those developers right. are, you know, it's probably the, the C, future CEO is going to be one developer with AI running the show for everything because. I've worried about Bart, you know. 
like I used Bard. I, I needed to write a feedback for the code, like, you know, like 360 reviews, this stuff. And I'm saying like, blah, 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 this good, this good, this good, that's bad. Like, need to work on. Just bullet points. Give it to Bard. Just rephrase it so it looks good so I can send it. And he does rephrase all the good points. And then on the bad point, he says, like, if you have concerns, you better go and talk to that person directly. Like, Thank you for this valuable advice, but this is not what I asked for. Yeah, I, th- I think that's also a part of AI is they, they try to make it positive. I don't know if you remember the experiment Microsoft has done with the internet. So they, they trained yeah, the AI yeah, 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 internet yeah. and it yeah. ended up being like a fascist, racist yeah, person. Yeah. That's... Yeah, they, they, they had that on Twitter, ended up badly. Don't yeah, do it again. Yeah, so people were laughing. It's like, basically, it works. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, it sounds like it's time to wrap up because we are now going yeah. to... It is, it's it's right now. So, uh, any of you is is using any developer portal or any last words about it? Julian, do you want to go first? I I don't use a developer portal. I I build platforms. uh, So, I build it usually, uh, which requires more front end knowledge that I really want to know. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, honestly, like the, the if you are on the on the cloud, like that, you can ninety percent of what you can do with a platform, uh, you can do directly in the cloud. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just convenient, and sometimes it it helps productivity. Developer experience is really important, and yeah. I think we're going to see more of that. So yeah. I'm I'm excited about the future. That's good, Andre. In the last words, yeah, the same here. I I haven't used any of those tools, but mostly because. The clients I work, they are rather small, like five, ten developers, max, so they're startups. So they kind of don't need that in most cases because they have uh, experienced people knowing how to do stuff. But what the real, like my real need is in that area is to have a registry like, yeah. of the stuff we got there because over the years grows, some things become forgotten. You don't really know, like you don't really know the state of things, right? You might have something in dev, but is in production. Like, is it production ready, production great? Yeah. Have like where where all of that is. Yeah. And you keep discovering stuff. So that need I have, I could I kind of fix it in most cases with the tags through Terraform. But uh, yeah, maybe having a tool would be nice. But then it also comes with the work to post it. Would I want to become an expert on that tool? I'm not sure. Mm. Because yeah, my time could be spent on other things. I think I will have a look at it to see if I can use it to help developers more. In a sense, like uh, or the 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 things that is needed to run things in production, maybe they right. Do they have like uh, settings for alarms or, or logs or this, things this, like? I, I put I put it this way. Yeah, I don't want to hide between this portal, so it's not becomes my grave. So yeah. I engage the problems and developers head on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I I will have a look look and see if I can use it to summon some knowledge and see if I can help with people in that thing. But yeah. I think with that we will uh, wrap this episode up. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Thank uh-huh. you. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. 
For more podcast and notes go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.